Hey everybody, welcome to the Echo Leadership Podcast with Andy Wood. My name is David Hibiski and I'm one of the pastors at Echo Church and I'm so glad that you're joining with us for our very first episode of the Echo Leadership Podcast. Now, let me tell you just a little bit about Andy Wood. Andy is an entrepreneur, he is a leader, he's a pastor, he's a husband, and he's a father. And I've personally benefited in my own leadership and in my life by being on a team with Andy for over 10 years. Listen, Andy is the real deal, and what you see is what you get. And I love the way that he communicates leadership truths and principles in ways that are easy to understand and apply. So today, to get the most out of our episode, go to echo.church slash leadership podcast, download the leader guide, and let's get ready for episode one. Hey, everybody. Welcome today to the Echo Leadership Podcast, the very first episode. We're so glad that you're joining us, and we want to help you as a leader get the ball down the field in your local leadership context. So each time we gather together, we're going to be putting in your hands practical tools, practical resources to increase your capacity as a leader. And our goal is to help you become the kind of leader that the people on your team want to follow. Now, as you listen to this, uh, you may be listening to it after we've recorded it. We're recording it in mid-May of 2020 in the midst of the COVID crisis. Now, we have a lot of people who are at different places in the nation or the world. Where I live, we're still in shelter in place. I know that there are other places in the country where people are being lifted from shelter in place. But I think we could all agree that this season has required a different style of leadership and has pressed us to the edge of our capacity. I know for me personally, I've grown more in the last couple of months than I have maybe even in the last few years as a leader, and I'm learning a lot. And one of the most important aspects that I'm learning about as a leader is the importance of staying encouraged. In fact, today we're gonna talk about how do you keep yourself encouraged in the midst of a crisis? in the midst of a difficult season, in the midst of a storm. I wanna give you five practical ideas to help keep yourself encouraged. Now today, as you listen, if you find this content helpful, we wanna encourage you to go online, to write a review, to rate it, and to subscribe so that we can help more leaders get better and move the ball down the field. Now, before we jump into our five practical ideas, I think it's important to recognize in terms of leadership, whose responsibility it is to keep you encouraged. There are a lot of people in your life that can encourage you. Your spouse, if you're married, can encourage you. Your boss can encourage you. Even the people on your team can encourage you. Now, I've noticed that my kids don't do a whole lot of encouraging me as a leader, but it's, it's often um, easy to think that somebody else should assume the responsibility to keep me encouraged. But if we're going to encourage ourselves as leaders, it's important to recognize that keeping myself encouraged is my responsibility. That doesn't belong to anybody else on my team. And if I can own that responsibility, I'll be able to lead at a higher level. We have a statement here at Echo where I lead uh, that we say leaders are thermostats, not thermometers. See, a thermometer, you put it in your mouth and it tells you the temperature, but a thermostat changes the temperature of a room. When a leader keeps himself encouraged, they keep everybody else around them encouraged. They inspire others. And this is one of the most important responsibilities of a leader. I think we could also agree that in crisis, it's harder to stay encouraged. 
There's so many things that are warring at us. In fact, maybe some of you listening, you have the, what um, writers call the fog of war. There's so many decisions that you've had to make over the last several months of your life. There's so many things that have changed. Metrics have shifted, so you don't know quite as clearly what progress looks like, what a win looks like. Uh, Maybe even you've gotten some decision-making fatigue. Uh, You had to reorg. You had to give people on your team new responsibilities. And it's hard in the midst of crisis to keep yourself encouraged. But there are several really practical things that you can do that will help you as a leader. So let me give you five of these. We'll unpack some questions. All this will be on the show notes. Um, As you subscribe, you can get the show show notes. If you go to echo.church slash leadership podcast, all of that will be there and um, it will help you digest this content that we're going to fly through quickly. Number one, to be encouraged in crisis, number one, we have to be honest about the challenge. Now, if you look back over the last several months, there are probably a whole range of emotions that you felt. You felt anxious at times. Maybe at times you felt fearful. Other times you, you felt angry, perhaps at somebody on your team. Maybe there were some moments that you were confused, and every day there's a different emotion that you have to deal with. Now, one of the things that type A people are not very good at is identifying their emotion. In fact, I, my wife has said to me, like I have two primary emotions. One is joy or happiness and the other is anger. And I can go back and forth. But what I'm learning as a leader is that the more that I can label an emotion, the less that emotion leads me. Let me say it one more time. The more you label an emotion, the less power that emotion has over you. And when you start to create a culture on your team where people can honestly identify what is the emotion that you're feeling, it's a whole lot easier to lead yourself, especially to lead yourself to a place of encouragement. So we label it so that it doesn't lead us. There are a lot of different research and resources on this that show what happens when a person labels their emotion that the emotion loses power, the anger loses power, the anxiety loses power when you give it a name. So what's the one word? Here's a question. What's the one word that best describes how you feel today? Maybe for you, you could try this with your team or your family. Just go around the circle and say, or go around the Zoom call and say, what's the one word that describes how you're feeling today? In 30 seconds, describe why that is. Or maybe if you can identify several triggers that tie into that emotion, it begins to reduce the power that that emotion has over you. So we're going to learn as leaders to be more honest about the challenge. This vulnerability, this openness, this honesty creates a healthy, healthier culture in organizations. It allows us to work better to, t- together as teams. It creates vulnerability. It creates cohesion. And it's very, very important and powerful. Be honest about the challenge. Now, secondly, we want to learn to guard our input. So the second point is to guard your inputs. There is so much information coming at us. Uh, there's information as leaders that, is, that, that would be coming at us from our teams. There's news that is coming at us. Maybe perhaps even there are conversations that you're having with, with people outside your organization. And all of that information is playing into how you think as a leader. Now, what I want to challenge you to do is to think about your thinking, to metacognate. That's the actual psychological word, to think about what you think about. Your brain or your thoughts are like the cockpit that control the rest of your life. So if you were in a storm flying an airplane as a pilot, you would be more protective of the cockpit if you were in a storm. 
You, you might actually even pilot, you've seen this, if it's like a sunny day and you know, p- p- the, the auto control has been placed on and there's another pilot in the cockpit, you might get up and go to the bathroom. You're not doing that in a class five storm. You're, you are focused, you're looking at your dials, you are totally geared in, the cockpit is much more protected. I wanna encourage you that as a leader, when you're in crisis, you have to be more protective of your inputs. So the news that you read, for example, I have chosen in the midst of crisis to read much more data-driven news than opinion-driven news. Now, sometimes it's hard to discern what's data and what's opinion, but there are certain sites that I go to that have up-to-date data on the crisis. Even when it looks, when you get metrics and measurements about cash on hand and all the things that are happening in your organization, the, 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 the more that you can focus on the data, the easier it is to begin to process. The other um, questions to wrestle through is, who are you listening to? What are you listening to? And when are you listening to it? Who, who are you listening to? What are you listening to? And when are you listening to it? So I found within the first week of the crisis, um, a desire to go to the news first thing in the day. But then what I started to learn is that if I truncated the news towards the end of the day and I did my work and I I read the Bible. For me as a pastor, this is really important. If I prayed first, if I did all these things before I let other news into my mind, it allowed me to lead from a different place mentally. So what you think about affects how you feel. So if you're always listening to negative sources and negative people and all that trash is up in your brain, it's affecting your ability to stay encouraged as a leader. So I wanna encourage you to wrestle through a couple of questions. Number one, what inputs do you need to cut out? What inputs do you need to cut out? And what inputs do you need to put in? What inputs do you need to cut out? And what inputs do you need to put in? Maybe even for you, there's, we'll talk about this more later as we get further down, but there's a positive friend or person that you need to talk to more because that positive conversation affects your thinking and lifts your spirits. But learning to guard the cockpit, the input, is incredibly important, important, especially in the midst of crisis. Number three is to focus your activity. Now, I wanna talk both personally and organizationally about the power and importance of, of focus. The more narrow you focus your activity, the more traction you're going to get as a leader. And when we are in crisis, it's easy. There are so many things to do. And again, this is not the last crisis you'll face as a leader. There's so much coming at you with problems and trouble, and there's so many problems to solve. That's a part of the exhaustion that we feel as leaders. And what happened for us is that our mission stayed the same, but the way we accomplished it completely had to change. We had to totally pivot. And there were about 50 things that we could do, but we had to choose the three things that we would do. And there's something powerful about narrowing the focus of your life and narrowing the focus of your leadership. So one question is, what's the mission of your organization? Why, why do you as an organization exist? Why does your team, if you're a department leader, exist? Why does your family exist? Narrowing the focus on why you exist is helpful, but then wrestling through what are, what are the top three things that we do that accomplish our mission within our new reality? So maybe as a family, what are the top three things that you can do to stay connected? Maybe as a leader, what are the top three things that you can do to drive your mission forward? So we as a church, one of the things that we decided we would do is we created a whole new bucket of our organization called CARE. 
And in the midst of the crisis, people need to be cared for. So we organized teams and we called through our database and we tried to connect with as many people as possible to care for as many people as possible. That, that shift focused our energy. Um, secondly, what's your unique contribution to the team? So why, why do you exist on a payroll as a leader? Uh, perhaps y- you are still on a payroll. Hopefully you are. Um, but regardless, when you're on a team, you have to wrestle through what's my unique contribution. And then within that question, I want to encourage you to get more traction with the rule of three. Here's the rule of three. 80% of your role can be boiled down to three things. Let me say it one more time. The rule of three is this. 80% of your role can be boiled down to three things that you do. So here's a question to wrestle through every week. If you could only get three things done this week, what would those three things be? What are the three things that would most drive the mission and the vision forward? And then ask that question every day. In fact, one more powerful way to do it is the night before you go to sleep to ask the question, what three things tomorrow could I do? Because then you're laying in bed and you're thinking about the things that you're gonna do and you wake up with a sense of purpose the very next day. And then another really practical thing that you can do is each day when you've done those three things, when you lay down your head on the pillow at night is to say, what were those three things that most contributed? And now you're going from victory to victory as a leader and you're staying encouraged as you're narrowing the focus and accomplishing activity that is driving the mission forward. So we're gonna focus our activity as leaders. So number one, be honest about the challenge. Number two, guard your inputs. Number three, focus your activity. And then number four, take care of your body. Maybe this one goes without saying, But I think that we can all agree that when we look around at so many leaders, leaders have a tendency to be so driven by the mission that they lose the priority of health in their personal lives. So they're so focused on accomplishing some mission that they deeply care about, that they compromise their bodies physically, they compromise their bodies emotionally and spiritually. So I wanna encourage you as a leader one of the most important things you can do to stay encouraged is to take care of your physical body. So here are three categories. I wanna encourage you, if you can take notes, to write these down. Sleep, exercise, and food. Sleep, exercise, and food all play into your level of encouragement. I have found that for me personally, I need about seven to seven and a half hours of sleep a night to operate at optimum levels of effectiveness and efficiency. When I begin to decrease below that, uh, I lose time. So the time that I save sleeping less, I lose in execution. So one of the most strategic things that I can do as a leader is to discipline myself to get to bed at an early time, to make sure that I'm getting a full night's rest so that I'm waking up with energy, with passion, with focus the very next day. I've also find, found for me that when I exercise five, six times a week, especially when I'm doing cardio, um, that, that energy, the getting the energy out allows my mind and my heart and my soul to reset. So I started about seven years ago with three days a week and then I would do walks. I was out, gloriously out of shape and I would do walks and I pushed myself. I went from three days a week until it was a habit. Then I pushed to four, then I pushed to five. Now it's six, sometimes seven. And that habit of every single day having some physical activity. So start where you are, do something to push yourself a little bit more, even if it's a walk even if it's a mile walk around your neighborhood, even if it's lifting just a few weights a day, but do something to push yourself physically and that will help you as a leader. And then finally, the foods that you eat. I find 
I've found in shelter in place, it's easy to eat ice cream. Um, my wife and I both love Ben and Jerry's non-dairy ice cream. And I found right after shelter in place that we were doing that way too much. It was becoming a habit. So we had to truncate it and say, okay, one, one to two nights a week, we can have ice cream and we'll have a small portion of it. And we'll celebrate at the end of a hard w- work, a week of work. And then we'll work out extra the next day, but we're not going to let this become a habit. And I found that when I'm eating healthy, I have more energy. I'm more mentally engaged and I'm more encouraged as a leader. So I want to encourage you, what's one thing you can do this week to improve how you care for your body physically? Hey, don't let this be a matter of guilt for you. Just get better. Just do one thing that you, just choose one thing that you can improve this week and get better and it will help you stay encouraged as a leader. Finally, the fifth and final thing that I want to camp on is discover the power of the other. Discover the power of the other. Henry Cloud a psychologist that I love to listen to and read his books, uh, wrote this great book called The Power of the Other. And what he says in this book is that you were created for relationship. You were made for community. You were made to do life with others. There's a part of you that gets discouraged when you are disconnected from community. So it's possible in the midst of isolation to stay connected. I want to encourage you that as a leader, your relationships are playing into how encouraged you are in your day-to-day routines and how you make decisions. And relationships are of utmost importance to your ability to thrive. So who are the people in your life that you're relying upon? See, these relationships are like inputs. As leaders, all of our execution are like outputs. Your heart was designed by God with input and output. You as a leader need input and output. So if you're only putting out, if you're only executing, if you're only driving, if you're only leading and casting vision and you don't have input, you're going to have a heart attack. You're not going to stay healthy for the long haul. I want to encourage you to wrestle through who are the three safe people in your life that you can rely upon, that you can text, that you can call, And some of this actually starts with you taking a step to encourage somebody else. Maybe there's somebody in your life that you kind of started up a relationship. All relationships in our lives actually started with encouragement, with us taking or somebody taking that first step. Take that step today. Find three people in your life that you can get more connected to who are healthy and safe and watch that begin to encourage you. I have several friends who in the crisis, I just call it a laugh. I have one group of friends that we get together on Thursday nights and we basically almost every Thursday night, there are three to four couples. We just get together and have a good time. No no agenda. And that has been a lifeline for me in the crisis. I have a few other friends that when I go for jogs, I'll call them and talk to them for 10 to 15 minutes. Sometimes um, some of these friends, I'm laughing so hard that I got to stop running. And those relationships for me are a source of life that are helping me sustain and stay encouraged. So as you take these steps, I believe that you will find yourself being more encouraged. So number one, again, be honest about the challenge. Number two, guard your inputs. Number three, focus your activity. Number four, take care of your body. And number five, discover the power of the other. Now, before I wrap up, one thing I want to say about the power of the other is you were designed by God for relationship with other people. You were also designed by God for relationship with him. And there's a part of you that he wants He wants to come alongside you, support you, and encourage you. Through the power of his Holy Spirit, he can give you spiritual strength that helps you stay encouraged. If we can help you with that, 
Go to echo.church. We have a ton of spiritual resources that will help you in your journey of faith. Um, and if that's not your place in the journey, that's all right. We'll keep talking leadership every single month here. We want to en- encourage you again to subscribe, to tune in, to rate it, to share it with friends that you think might, it might help. And let's work together to assume responsibility in these coming weeks to keep ourselves encouraged and watch what happens on our teams, that an encouraged leader leads encouraged teams. And when we take this step, everybody around us gets better. Everybody around us wins. I hope you found today helpful. Um, and we're looking forward to continuing to journey with you in the coming months. We may even have some bonus content that we roll out that will be helpful, some interviews that we've done. And uh, we're excited to help you get the ball down the field and help you become the kind of leader that the people on your team want to follow. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Echo Leadership Podcast.